Let me get your Bibles. You I ready? In, I left mine in my car. Ah! But you got a Bible in there too. It's in there. So if you got your Bible, where however you trying got to, it, trying let's, to change let's, old habits. Let's make the devil nervous. See, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have what the Word of God. What the Word of God says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do what the Word of God. What the Word of God says I can says do. Says I can do. I can be. And I can be what the Word of God. What the Word of God says I can be. Says I can be. And I am. And I am what it says I am. What it says I am. Amen. How many love God's Word enough to read it beyond Sundays? Okay. It is a treasure. Father, we love you. We thank you for your Word, that you speak to us through your Word. And, Lord, we just thank you for the teacher, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us to illuminate and reveal so we can grow and continue to grow. None of us has arrived. We all need to grow. So, Father, we submit ourselves to the teacher today, the Holy Spirit, and go beyond anything Pastor Starlina and myself say and touch in their personal world your truths. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. I'm excited. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. Months. We want to teach on the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. Woo-hoo. So we kind of going to continue this uh, for a few Sundays, but uh, our subtitle today, besides the book of Ephesians part one, is you got to get this. Everyone you say, gotta get this. Everyone say, you got to get this. You got to get this. You got to get this. Man, you got to get this. All so, right. Let's go into what was Ephesus like. Yeah, so, you Ephesus know. Ephesus was not Mayberry. <laughs> It, it was, was a city. So first off, they need to know this is a letter. And this is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. And he actually wrote it while he was in prison. And he's writing it to the church in the city of Ephesus. So let's find out a little bit about the city that he's writing to. It was uh, the capital city of that part of the world, Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. And so it was, it was a capital and uh, in, there was uh, about a half a million people in those days. Now, that may not seem like a lot in our world. Uh, Tacoma's, that was a lot back then. That was a lot. So Tacoma's just a little over a half a million people, just to give you perspective. And uh, so it was also a trade route from east to west. And so it went right through the city of Ephesus. So it was very important place for traders to come. It was the financial city of that Roman Empire, so... There was a lot of banking banking going on. How many know you can go into some of the the areas of large cities and some of the nicest buildings are the bank-owned buildings in the city, right? And so that that just kind of gives you an idea of of the kind of opulence that was in that city. So on Paul's second missionary journey, he ended up staying in Ephesus for three years. Uh, Paul really liked Ephesus, and he really liked the church of Ephesus. And so he spent some time really mentoring them, helping them grow up spiritually, teaching them, uh, helping them to have leadership and more pastors in Ephesus. So, Also a little bit of trivia about the church side of it is uh, when Jesus was on the cross and he spoke to the Apostle John, uh, take care of mom, 
uh, John ended up going to the city of Ephesus and being a part of the church there. And Mary, Jesus' mother, uh, she, she lived the rest of her days in Ephesus. And even her tomb is there to this day. Um, John uh, was a kind of a patriarch of that church, the Apostle John. And uh, one other thing, oh, it was the first mega church the, where they held church, seated 25,000 people. And uh, it was packed. So this was not just a small church. This was a, a mega church, 25,000. That's, that's big in our day. And so that was definitely a huge church in that day. And Timothy, uh, he was one of the, uh, the youngest pastor uh, to serve in that church in the pastoral leadership. So kind of some of those things tie together. And uh, Paul also spent more time in Ephesus than any other city on any of his journeys, his missionary journeys. And so now as we're reading this letter that Paul is writing to the church, Paul is in prison in Rome, and while Paul is in prison in Rome, he actually writes more than one letter while he's in prison, and uh, Ephesus is one of them, and uh, we're, he, he ends up handing the letter off and being delivered. So we're going to uh, pick up in chapter 1 today, but I think in chapter 6 there's something that we wanted to, I believe it's verse 20. If you go in your, in your Bibles, go, we're going to go back to chapter 1. But can we skip forward so you can see something in chapter 6? Go to verse 20. He said, I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador, so that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. To bring you up to date, Tychicus, can you help me pronounce it? Tychicus? <laughs> I don't know. Tychicus will give you a full report about what I am doing and how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. So Tychicus was helping <laughs> Paul in Rome, and so uh, and some believe that Paul, because he was in chains, uh, was dictating it to Tychicus. So they, so they didn't have email then. They didn't have phones back then. So dictating. They didn't have any of that. So we're talking about a handwritten letter that had to be literally delivered from one person to the next to actually get there. Things have changed, haven't they? We have a click of a button and we can talk to someone around the other side of the world. But at this point in history, they literally had to handwrite and have someone hand deliver this letter. Now, before we go into this uh, letter, uh, you know, if I was in prison and writing a letter for a crime I did not commit, and I was in stocks, they, uh, I've seen uh, the stocks, his feet were in stocks and his hands were in chains. So he was not in a fun physical position while he was in prison, but he was on a house arrest too, so it's, it's all kind of weird. But you know, my letter would go something along the, I hope your life is fine because mine's not. <laughs> I had a good life, and I don't deserve this. You know, it's something like, you know, how many know what I'm saying? You know, uh, break me out, you know, do something. But 
his letter doesn't go along the way my letter would. No, his letter's quite different than that. Um, it's not all about, have you got me a good lawyer? You know, there's nothing about that. Send me food, so, you know, something. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, I want my blankie and my doggie. No, it wasn't like that either. So, Paul's mind was on Jesus. And his mind was on his mission and his purpose in life. I think many times we need to be reminded of that, of why are we here on earth? Can we remind ourselves of the mission and the purpose for our lives? Amen? So basically, the boil this down, what is Paul trying to convey to this church and to us? And it's how God wants to build a family. And uh, so, and when in this new family that we're adopted into, there's new values. Hello? There's new relationships. There's new standards. There's new how-tos of the Christian life that are different from your old life. And so this is a book of the New Testament that theologians just say is rich in teaching and practicality for everybody. I don't know about you, but how many like when the Bible is just really practical and you can, uh, you can still get it today? So this is one of those books that you can go, okay, it's really practical. I get it. I can understand it. Uh, James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. So as we dive into this letter or this book, we're not just getting knowledge in us. We are reading it and getting knowledge on it so that we can apply it to our life, so we can use it. And so that's how the Apostle Paul wrote the letter, because it's divided in half. So it's six chapters, and the first three is him teaching us. And then the last three, chapters four through six, are, okay, now this is how you put all that to work in your life. So he gives us teaching, and then he gives us the practical application of how to do it. So we're we're hearing, and then we're going to be doers. Amen. 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 Let's find out what some things we're going to discover here in the book. So first thing you're going to discover is the wealth of the believer. If you're taking notes, number one, you're going to discover the wealth of the believer. There are lots. In fact, there, to be exact, there are 27 times in this chapter, in chapters 1 through 3, where the verbiage is, in Christ, this is who you are. Don't you love that? Don't you love finding out who you really are once you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life? So 27 times he's going to say, in Christ, this is you. In Christ, this is you. How many have ever found a good deal and you, you're just so excited to share it with somebody? Man, you you got to go get this thing. This will change your life. You know what I'm saying? We are with our girls down in uh, Arizona, and so Nordstrom's is a little pricey for us. We don't really shop there too often. Uh, but then if we do want to get a Nordstrom's product, we'll maybe, what's the, the, rack. the, the rack. rack? So we'll go to the rack and get a better deal. Well, in Arizona, there's this one store where, I forget what it's called, but it's all Nordstrom stuff, and if it doesn't sell at the main store, 
and it doesn't sell at the rack. They just want it gone. And so it goes to this one store in Arizona. And so, you know, $200 pair of shoes are for like 20 bucks. You know, so you come, you, the first thing you do is you find the biggest, hairiest, fattest suitcase you can find because it's going to be like, you know, 15 bucks. And then you just run through the store, elbowing, shoving, pushing, and you're fine. Oh, I want that. I want that. And then you go, you know, and it's all for like 80 bucks. So. He, you think he's joking, but we really bought a suitcase and went in the store and we filled up that suitcase with Nordstrom stuff. It was great. Very hairy. But I will say this. You got to have a mindset to be able to do it. Put your, put your, get. Your the, game face on, you your have, jersey, you gotta, you gotta your know. war paint on. Because <laughs> <sighs> it's a little overwhelming because literally people are like, because they, they block off an area and they have literally guards on, the, on before they will let people into certain While they're areas. restocking. And people are, are checking out the materials before they even let you into it. And as soon as they let you in, it's like, and people are grabbing stuff as fast as you and. And the first time I went there, I was like, I don't think I can do this. This is, this is wow. Oh, my goodness. I, I need to go back to wherever, but this is a lot. But, either, but, either go shopping or you go buy a bag of chips, <laughs> find a chair. And just sit watch. Down and just, just watch. be completely entertained. <laughs> but if you're looking for a deal, you got to get this. So that's kind of the Apostle Paul just telling us that. And uh, I'd like to, how many have ever been to, we just, happened, uh, our chip on my card didn't work the other day and ordered at a restaurant. And so the waiter comes up and he's just like, and I knew the card didn't work, but I gave it to him, forgot. And uh, so he comes and he goes, Hey, uh, wait a minute. You said you knew it didn't, the chip didn't work, but you gave it to him anyway. Did you forget? I did. Oh, okay. And so the waiter comes up and he said, it's something like this. He goes, Hey, um, excuse me. You know, we had other people at the table and he's kind of, um, I think there's a problem with our machine. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, but is there another card <laughs> you could use <laughs> that might w activate our machine? You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you need this one, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, it's kind of one of those moments. He's trying to save me the embarrassment of saying, dude, you got no money in the account. <laughs> what were you thinking? And, uh, but how many know that can be an embarrassing moment, right? Well, Paul's not talking about that. He's talking about a situation where people are living like they're broke, empty, and dry, when in reality, we are filthy, stinking rich with a bank account with a gazillion dollars in it. Loaded. But yet we are living so far below the reality of what is in our account. And Paul is trying to wake the church up and go, you have got to get this because you are so much more than how you are and how you're living. You gotta get this. You got to get this. Come up higher. Think bigger. Know who you are in Christ. Ah! Oh. And so that's the attitude in which Paul is trying the urgency to tell us in this letter. It's like we would think of somebody who's living in complete poverty and yet they have more wealth than anybody. Yeah. If you take the richest man in the world and yet you see them 
without a home, without a car. They're living on the streets. They're, li- they're living, they, they, they barely are getting any food, and yet they're the richest one in the world. Wouldn't you think they were a little bit like cuckoo? Right? Well, the believer has so much that God has given them through Jesus Christ that they're a little bit cuckoo because they don't walk in it. They don't live in it. They don't read about it and study it and be a doer of it. They're a little cuckoo. Are you, are you hearing me? That's cuckoo. When you have all of this in the Word of God and yet you just ignore it or you're ignorant of it, The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. If you're watching, my goodness, don't be ignorant. Don't be cuckoo. Get the word of God. Not only knowledge, but this book talks about take that knowledge, use it, and it becomes wisdom. You will be able to be wise if you can get this in you and live it and use it. All right. So everybody, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. You ready? You there? We're going to verse 3, actually. Yeah, that one. Verse 3. We can't, we'd, we'd be here all afternoon if we read every verse. That is your job to go home and read every verse, okay? So verse 3, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Verse 4, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Sounds like communion, doesn't it? Verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Now, four things I see there. Are you going to say them or me? There's just a lot there. There's a lot there. probably going to say other things than what you were going to say. But, yeah, go with the four things. Okay, then you, you... Number one, we're blessed. Do you see that? You are, everybody say it, I am blessed. I am blessed. Number two, you are loved. Say, I am loved. I am loved. Number three, you are chosen. Say, I'm chosen. chosen. Number four, you are adopted. I am adopted. adopted. And you're not just adopted into just any old family. You're adopted into the royal family. You are adopted into the king of kings. You are adopted into the almighty God's family. That's an adoption. But how many spiritual blessings do we get? How many spiritual blessings do we get? All. How many spiritual blessings do you get? All. Man, we are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. You got to get this. You're blessed. You are loved. You're chosen. Chosen. I don't know about you, but, you know, there is a lot of disappointments in this world. But when you step over into studying the Word of God and how He wants you to live in and amongst this world, this ought to, this ought to bring you some joy. If this, just, this doesn't make you happy, I don't know what will. I'm telling you, the world is not going to bring you the happiness you're looking for. 
But when you start realizing some of what God is telling you, it'll bring some joy back. It'll bring some happiness into your life. So just keep reading. But let's later. But let's go down to verse 15. And we want to talk about a really powerful portion of Scripture that has really blessed us personally. And uh, we need to keep praying it. Because we haven't come to the full revelation of who we are in Christ. And so this is a group thing. It's an individual thing. It's a prayer. Uh, pray for yourself, but prayer for pray for a prayer, 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 prayer to pray for others. How for. many like to pray? Okay. And those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're just kind of going like this because you're too embarrassed to say, wow, prayer is a lot of work or well, whatever. How many like to talk to God? How many like to talk to God? How many to like God? to talk to God? Okay, here's the deal. Paul gives you an example of how to pray. If you're like, man, I, 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 I just, I don't know how to pray. I need help on prayer. I'm, I'm trying, but I'm just not there. Well, then this is for you. I, when, when my husband and I learned about the value of praying the scripture, it really made a difference in our life. And we literally have used this prayer that's in Ephesians chapter 1 multiple times in our lives over multiple scenarios in our lives. So we're going to start in verse 15. But before we do, have you ever wanted somebody to just enjoy? Have you ever watched a movie and you just went, oh, man, that was so good. I got to take so-and-so to the movie with me. And you're just so excited. I'll have them over to the house, and they'll watch this movie with me. And so you're just like, Ugh, you're going to love this. And so, oh, okay, I'm here. So they, they watch the movie, and, and you're just excited, and you're looking over at them. And, you know, the big moments in the movie is like, and they're just kind of sitting there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? And Jordan, you know, you know how it works, right? You know the and you know you're just like it's just you're just almost frustrated because it's like you you're not getting it. What is wrong with you? <laughs> this is a great movie. So the point of that is sometimes people read the word of God and somebody else is so excited. Like Pastor Greg and I right now we're about jumping out of our skin. We're so excited about teaching Ephesians. But how you receive it is up to you. You know, we've had preachers come, obviously, like Doug Jones, and we've had others come through the church, and, and they preach. And, and often they will say this, man, you guys got a great church. They receive the message. It's like your people are hungry. And it's like, yeah, and uh, cool. You know, it's normal to us, right? You know, we like Jesus. You know, we like, like the Word. But we've had, unfortunately, opportunities to go preach. And it's like, literally, entertain me, dude. What you got better be better than the last guy that spoke to us because, ah, Boring. You know how hard it is to preach to somebody like that? <laughs> Y'all are easy to preach because you're hungry. And uh, don't lose that. But so, so don't, in other words, don't be the, the person that comes over to watch what somebody else is so excited about and you're just, yeah, that was, that was good. <coughs> that was okay. 
Wah, wah, wah. I'm telling you, what we're about ready to study as far as the prayer that Paul gives us is exciting and life-changing. So he's like, before you watch this, I'm going to pray over you <laughs> that I'm not disappointed. <laughs> so here we go. And I, I want also, before I even read this, you got to know that Remind yourself when you are studying this book, and I really hope that you begin to study. In the next few weeks, we're going to be diving into this book. I hope you remember Paul is writing a letter to Christians. Sometimes we forget the context of who's being. It's, this isn't written to unbelievers. This is written to believers, okay? Great believers. So, yeah, so here we go. It's written to us. You Not got that- it. The Corinth church was kind of, uh, they were believers, but they were, they were they problem. Were pretty carnal. Yeah, they had problem. some issues. This wasn't that church. This is a great yeah. church. Okay, here we go. Verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Okay, let's stop there for a second. The first thing I want you to see in this prayer is he starts with a thankful heart. When you go to prayer, I don't care if you feel like you're depressed. I don't care if you feel like everything's going wrong in my life. You need to find something to be thankful for. When our kids come to us in the natural, do we like it when they come grumpy and complaining? Do, are, we, do, are we feeling like just opening our arms to them when they're, a, they're being a frumpy pants? No. When do we love to open our arms to them? When they come with thankfulness. When they're grateful. Well, God is the same way. And Paul is teaching us, you got to get some thanksgiving going in your heart. Is God, even if it's anything as far as, I thank you, I got a roof over my head. If you got a roof over your head, you got something to be thankful for. If you've got food, you got something to be thankful for. I don't know what you need, you need to drum up if you think life is so horrible, but there is something you can be thankful for. Something. You know, I uh, wish you all could have been Watch later. Keith Hahn did a great uh, team Devo this morning and uh, just talked Watch about it online. Talked about how sometimes in the day we live right now, it's filled with the enemy doing what he does, stealing, killing, and destroying. And it can get us down, right? I mean, you know, the world is, you know, enough news and it'll make you a frumpy person. So Paul is seeing these people and he's thankful. And the antidote for the spirit of the age we live in today is be thankful. And he's thankful because he hears rumors of them that they love and that their faith is growing. How many know that should be a hallmark of all of our lives? We need to keep loving and we need to keep growing in our faith, right? And so Paul hears this and he's, he's excited and he's thankful and he writes it based upon these two hallmark qualities of the believers in the church. The other thing that I see here is that Paul had a love for people. If you call yourself a born-again believer, you ought to have within you a love for people. If you don't have a love for people, then, then you got to go back to the basics. You really do. So Paul had a love for people. Okay, Just here we go. A little quick yes? thought. Sometimes, uh, you know, in 
little pastoral circles, you know, some of the things they'll teach is, you know, the ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. You know, so so if, if that's a pastor's philosophy, they need to get out of the ministry, right? <laughs> so we need to remember this is a people business. Our walk with Christ is about sharing what Jesus has done. Okay, here we go. Verse 17. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Number two, we see here in this prayer, he's asking God for wisdom. I have prayed this prayer since I was little, and I will continue until I see him face to face. God, I need wisdom. God, I need wisdom. I'm dealing with a situation. I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it your way. God, give me the words to speak. Give me the actions. Give me, give me the facial expressions I need. Help me to do it your way, not my way. Not my will. Your will be done. Continually, God, give me wisdom, wisdom. And you know what? God will grant that request if that's what you ask. So Paul gives us an example Give us spiritual wisdom and insight. You want to know the inside scoop, right? Then talk and ask God for it. He can give you the inside scoop. He really can. And that's part of the gift of the Holy Spirit in our life, to give us wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. How many could use a spirit of wisdom in our day we live? I'm telling you, a spirit of wisdom. And wisdom is having knowledge and knowing how to apply that knowledge correctly. And we live in a day where knowledge is available to us. And how many know you, you, you've, you've, you've met them? People that are so smart, so full of knowledge, of useful information. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they got no common sense, no practicality of their life. You know, it's like, it's so educated you're really not smart. How is that even possible? <laughs> Paul is saying, I want you to know and be smart and use what you know to, to, to understand. You are greater because of Christ in you than you realize. There's more knowledge and wisdom available to you if you will just tap into it. And he's saying, God, let them grow in this. They gotta get this. You know, sometimes God's way of doing things is very contrary to what we think we should do. It. Let me give you some examples. I wrote them down. How about the the in the scripture where it says to pray for those who hurt you? Say what? That is a very contrary to what our brain would think to do. Am I am I right? Am I the only one that that's hard to do? Somebody really hurts you, and you're supposed to pray over them. Oh, my goodness. How about um, the scripture when it talks about becoming great by being a servant of all? Huh? I'm supposed to serve everybody else? That's going to make me great? Did Jesus teach that? Are his ways a little different than what we would come up with? Am I right? Um, how about kids honoring their parents? What do we hear now? Let them do whatever they want just they'll find their way. They need to just, you know, go this way or that way, whatever way they go. That is not what God said. 
That's what man thinks. How about husbands and wives serving each other? Oh, I don't know how many times I've heard it, and you've probably heard it too. Well, it's all, it's all me now. They're, they're not doing a thing, so I've, I'm just done. I'm tired of doing it all. Serving is the greatest. You, you don't serve 50%. You serve your spouse 100%. Are you following me? But that's not our way of thinking. That's God's way of thinking. How about on the job? When it talks about that you're supposed to um, serve on the job, and it's not all about how much money are they going to give me. How about how well can I serve this person to make them the best that they can be? Wow, that's, that's not really, that's God's way of thinking. So here, that's wisdom. And God knows if you do it my way, you are going to be in me, and in me the blessing will follow. You, if you do things the God way, blessings are going to follow. You can do it that way. You can do it the world's way. You can do it the way the culture says to do it. But if you want to live in him, which in him is what we're learning about in Ephesians, then in him is a whole different way of living, a whole different way. I think we're going to have to unplug here. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I know. It's like, oh. I so, just Let me read verse 18, please. I want to re- go back and read verse 17 again. Okay, read 17. It says, so he's just getting into his prayer, and he's saying, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you. Now, with that word you, just scratch it out and put your name there and make this your prayer. Or if there's somebody in your life that you are deeply moved that they just got to get a hold of God and his love and his power. And they would just, you know, light bulb moment, an aha moment for somebody who really isn't serving God or they're just kind of weak in Christ. You could put their name there as well. And so that prayer, if, if I use my name, say, asking God, the glorious father of, of our, I just put Greg's, Lord Jesus Christ, to give Greg spiritual wisdom and insight so that Greg might grow in the knowledge of God. Isn't that a powerful way to put that prayer? Or, or one of your loved ones or someone you're praying for that, man, they just, uh, they just don't get it. They're so lost. Well, why don't we just start saying, you know, I'm going to start speaking those things that are not as though they are, and I'm going to start with speaking something I don't even have to write. I just got to copy what is already said and I'm just going to put their name in it. I don't have to come up with anything new. I'm just going to pray what's already been prayed, but I'm going to own that prayer like it belongs to so-and-so. So verse 18, you can put your name in it too. Verse 18, I pray that Starlene's heart will be flooded with light so that she can understand the confident hope that she has been given to those called his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. You know, just go through this prayer. So the, the third one I have written down, if you were taking notes, is turn the light of hope on. Turn the light of hope. It says, I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can understand. You got to have some light on it. Turn the light of hope on. Some of you have got hope turned off. What you got turned on is the news. Yeah, I said it. I said it. 
you got gloom and doom and you're all about it. You got to turn some hope on. And the hope is what you're going to find in Jesus Christ. The hope is what you're going to find in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The hope is what you're going to find in the presence of God in your home. The hope is what you're going to find when you turn on praise music in your car and you are driving with worship music blaring and you are you have tears running down your, your face at the stoplight because the presence of God is in your car. That's hope. If all you're doing is listening to gloom and doom, the hope level goes down. I'm telling you, God's, God's word brings the level up. There is a hope in Jesus Christ. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. You got an eternity with this Abba Heavenly Father. You got an eternity, eternity with the Holy Spirit if he is part of you. That's a hope. It's not, it, it's not just in the sweet by and by. It's here and now. You can have that relationship to go boldly into his presence, to be able to talk to him boldly, to be able to enjoy the presence of God. I am so thankful that I get to live in this dispensation of grace, that I don't have to have a priest go in for me, that I get to go in, that I get to experience the presence of God. I'm so thankful. Are you? Oh, I just love it. It's addictive. It's awesome. If you, I, I, I'm not a morning person, but I'm telling you what, I get so excited to get out of bed to get my cup of coffee and God because I'm addicted to him. I love his word. I love, I love putting in my little earbuds because, yes, we live in a trailer right now while our house is being remodeled. I put my little earbuds in so I don't disturb his time with God. And I get worship music going, and the next thing I know, I am lost in the middle of dogs right next to me, a, a husband right across from me, because I don't have much space right now. You can't tell me you don't have a place. You can find a place wherever you are. I find a place. I put my earbuds in, and I just love on Jesus and let him love on me. Man, this week, we're going to keep diving in. This, we're going on a series. We're going on a journey. I hope you go with us. But start reading that. Through the end of that chapter is his prayer. Start putting your name in it. Start putting your loved one's name in it. And just see what God does through praying the scriptures. Tell yourself, I got to get this. I, I got to get, get this. this. I got to get this. Would you all stand? And just so you know, a little teaser, the hope you're thinking of may not be the hope, the Bible hope. You know, we have our English definition of hope. Well, that's not necessarily the God's definition on that word, so come back next week. Same bat channel, same bat time, amen? Heavenly Father, we just come into your presence, and we want to cultivate what Paul was urging the church in Ephesus that they got to get this. They got to realize how wonderful you are and the spiritual blessings that belong to us, that we are blessed, adopted, loved, chosen. And that means something. And if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or you're watching online, Man, we, you gotta, you gotta get in. You gotta join the family, and 
the adoption papers have already been signed, the payments already been made, but you just got to go, okay, I'm in. You just got to say, I, I, okay, I'm in. I, I belong to this family. So I'm going to count to three, and if you haven't received Jesus Christ or you just need to rededicate your life and go, yeah, I was a runner. I ran away from the family, but it's time to come home. Man, would you just pray this prayer? Pastor Sterling's going to lead us in a prayer, and I want everybody to just join in. But if you mean this, you got to respond. Raise your hand. Do something. One, the devil's a liar. He doesn't want you to be adopted. Two, don't put it off. Three, respond right now. Raise your hand in this place online. Amen. Praise God. Woo. Yes. Another brother in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Heaven rejoices. Heaven throws a party when we say yes to him. Church, would you pray this with them? And those watching online, would you pray this prayer with me? If this is, you're saying, I need to get right with God. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus that forgives me. That forgives me right now. Right now. Today. Today. From all. From all. My sin. My sin. Where I've fallen short. I've fallen short of your best. Of your best. And I ask that you would be. I ask that you would be number one. Number one. Completely in charge. Completely in charge. I'm a new creation. I am a new creation. In Christ. In Christ. Old passed away. Old has passed all away. All has become new. All has become and new. And I thank you. And I thank you. You're helping me. You're helping me. You're helping me grow. You're helping me grow. You're helping me understand. You're helping me understand. And you're going to give me wisdom. You're going to give me wisdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.